How you come back? That speaks volumes. And we're going to have a hell of a football team. Be great on three. One, two, three. Are you with me now? Said, are you with me now? They felt this good in a while. They want us to simmer down. Can you hear me now? They might go in and out. I stop and just look around. To see if you're with me now. Tell me, are you with me now? Ready to put it down. Started the fight. I'm already forgotten, but they won't forget me now. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother! You ain't listening, and you're missing out. This is the Cannon Fire Podcast coming back at you for an action-packed episode 63. Welcome back to the show. It feels like it's been forever since we talked to you guys. I mean, it kind of has. Feels like we've been gone a long time. But the Buccaneers have played two preseason games. They've got two left to play. And we're going to talk about all of that today here on the show. If you're new around here, I am your host, Rhett. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan. And Evan, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. Like we said, the Buccaneers played a pre-se- uh, two preseason games. They lost the first one. They won the second one. And uh, overall, I mean, if you can sum it up in a sentence, what's your tone so far for the preseason? It is preseason, so nobody really cares that much. But yeah, I mean, mixed bag, I guess. Um, there's been some good. There's been some bad. Um, there, there's a few things that we're going to get into the show today that I think fans are a little bit maybe too optimistic about. Um, there, there, there's some things that that happened in the first two preseason games that fans are maybe a little bit too harsh on, plus a little too optimistic about. Um, but I mean, you know, it's it's preseason. I I, I think the starters probably would have played uh, a little bit more uh, in the second game had it not been for the weather. I did, uh, I did too. I think that was all preventative maintenance because I was thinking the same thing watching the game. Like the starters were out there for one drive. To start, yeah, on, on offense. I think the starting defense got two or three. Yeah, and um, then you but, saw Blaine Gabbert suit up, and I was like, all right, I'm surprised they're not getting more, but. You put two and two together. It was a rainy, swampy day when they played Miami. Yeah, I, I was I was surprised that game wasn't delayed. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I I thought they were going to play about two or three drives. Uh, starting both starting offense, starting defense, starting defense kind of did. Um, but the only reason I think the starting defense kind of did was because their first drive was three plays. It was a three and out. So um, I think the Bucks wanted to get the defense a little bit more work than that. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, overall though, you know, there's been some positives, there's been some negatives. That's that's with every preseason, um, yeah. and and we'll get into those today. Absolutely. So let's get into <laughs> it. 
Um, first and foremost, the Bucks played the Pittsburgh Steelers preseason week one at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. I made the long haul and drove up there to watch that game. Beautiful stadium. At How Heinz long of a drive? Uh, it was an 18-hour drive, and we did it in, I want to say, 17 and a half on the way up there. And then we did it in 15 on the way back because I really wanted to get home. Um, Cruising. <laughs> dude, we were doing like 95 through three states until I got to Georgia. Once I hit Georgia, you got to slow down because apparently the state troopers do not mess around with speed, uh, speeding on the interstate in Georgia. So Georgia, I had cruise control on. We went 75 through the whole state. Then as soon as I hit that Florida line, it was back to 100 miles an hour. <laughs> but um, it was a good trip and overall a good game. The Bucks lost it 30-28. to 28. And quite frankly, a game that shouldn't have been as close as it was. Um, and I'll say this, we'll come right out of it with the bad news. Uh, one of the most common things that I've seen over these first two games is something that Bruce Arians put a lot of emphasis on. And we're seeing it mostly with the younger guys. Uh, but it's a lot of bucks beating bucks. A lot of stupid penalties that just cost us and put us in situations where you've got to beat yourself again to even be in contention for the game. And like I said, 30-28, to 28, the final score, the Steelers kind of let it go the last quarter. But it's just it's been sloppy from our second and third string guys. What do you think, Evan? Well, I mean, a lot – well, basically, in the fourth quarter, in a fourth quarter of any, any preseason game, it doesn't matter if it's one, two, three, four. In the fourth quarter of any preseason game, I'd say probably 75% of those guys aren't going to make the final team. Yeah. Um, so, like, in the fourth quarter, I don't really care that much um, about, like, penalties and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, in those in the second quarter, late second quarter, early third quarter, that's when, you know, a lot of your second stringers and your third stringers, guys that, you know, might actually make the team, um, that's when they're in. And yeah. Um, and a lot of rookies. Uh, you don't. You won't see a whole lot of rookies. A few on the first team, but most of the rookies will be on second and third team. Right. Um, but another so, thing. I mean, looking at the Pittsburgh game in particular, they finished with I think like fourteen penalties for a hundred and twelve yards. Well, well there's like seven on most special teams. Like right. And and you know it's a lot of it is just young mistakes. Um, and they, they did clean it up a little bit, um, a little bit this week. Uh, they did, especially on the special team side of things. Yeah. Um, on a special team side of things, I don't know if there was a penalty against the Bucks on special teams. Um, I knew, there, I knew there was a few on the Dolphins on special teams, but I don't think there was any against the Bucks. There might the have problem, been an offset, if I remember maybe, correctly. Yeah. Okay. Well, the problem was this week was on the actual defense. Um, yeah. That was offense didn't really have much. Uh, the one holding call on a Dari Ogunbowale, like long screen pass, but looking at the replay, that was that wasn't a, a real hold. Um, yeah. So you got your weekly pass interference challenge. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. And, and the Bucks and the Bucks <laughs> won it. So um, yeah, I mean that was something something different. You know, you haven't really seen it much. Obviously, um, this is the first time I've seen it like in person. Like I, I saw, like I didn't watch a game that's been challenged yet. So yeah, um, that was the first time. But uh, yeah, on defense, like Bruce Arians had said, there must have been you know consecutive plays there where they just had the dumbest penalties he's ever seen. Um, and the first team offense, first team defense did a decent job of that. But 
the second team defense and third team defense just can't have just been struggling yeah uh with that yeah. and a lot of a lot of personal fouls which you know there was must have been three or four roughing the passer penalties against the bucks and that that just can't happen and now there's a silver line to that there's a silver line to that because that means that they were getting close enough and almost getting home you know yeah uh they had a lot of solid pressure on friday night and um I just think that, you know, with time, they'll learn. Some of these guys won't be on the team, um, but it definitely should and probably will be cleaned up. And yeah. um, I don't think Bruce Arians is kidding when he said that these guys are lucky that they're not cutting tomorrow. So yeah. uh, they still have another shot here with another two games left. I think one of my favorite things from watching the Miami game <laughs> was watching B.A.'s reaction to everything the ref had to say to him. Uh, you know, at at some point, I was like, "All right, like just chill." Like, I, <laughs> I was listen, like, I I almost worry. Like, it sounds dumb. It's really it sounds, exciting it's to like see. Have a heart attack. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> Especially Tom Moore. Buccaneers are keeping Tom Moore uh, all of this season. He's, he's what 80. eighty years old. Yeah. I feel so bad if he's the coach <laughs> that's got to deal with all of that. Oh man, but uh, hopefully, if BA he gets that angry, to... he will have a heart attack. <laughs> If B.A. knows how to compose himself, we should be good to go for the rest of the season. But it does make me feel good to see him as passionate as he is. Now, yeah. we've talked about some of the biggest problems from these first two preseason games. We got all the bad stuff out of the way. There's a Did lot we? of good. Maybe not all of it, but <laughs> there is a lot of good to talk about. And I don't want to give people the idea that we're not going to have anything good to say about what the Bucks have put on the field. Because there are some good things. First and foremost... First team offense is doing as good as it can be right now. Pittsburgh, it was flawless. I think mm-hmm. 81 yards. They went down the field. Chris Godwin got the touchdown on a little dump route from Jameis Winston. Mike Evans and OJ Howard, I don't even think, got targeted. Nope. Against Miami, you're not able to get the touchdown, unfortunately, but it was sloppy conditions, and they did show us that they can move the ball around, which I'm sure a lot of people were concerned about with this new Arians offense because. It's definitely not the air it out type that Dirk Cutter had. And uh, to see these guys move up and down the field was pretty good. But they've looked solid. Jameis Winston has looked solid. Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones really didn't see too much of them. Um, well, you saw a little bit more Jones than you did Barber in week You saw week Jones two. returning kicks, and I don't like that very much. I, you know, I don't, yeah. I, I prefer, like, Bobo Wilson or something. But I, I think Bobo Wilson's the better returner. But you know <laughs> yeah. who actually did have a highlight day? Um, doesn't play for the Bucks anymore, but you remember our old returner, that old running back, Sean Wilson? Oh, yeah. He had some great returns for Washington in his preseason game, if you saw those. Oh. Also, Jeremy McNichols has been on NFL Instagram for three days straight because of that, that front flip. Sweet. That was dope, but it's Jeremy McNichols. So. Oh, he finally figured out a playbook. So, <laughs> But... So the first-team offense, let me not forget what I was saying here, against Miami and against Pittsburgh, the first-team offense has come out, and it's looked good. And I think, based off of looking at what we had, there were some exceptions against Miami um, because I threw up on Twitter those two plays of Donovan Smith. The second play, people kind of – I agree with people. I mean, he held on for about four second or five play, seconds. Second play, yeah, I, I even took issue with but the second But I think what I was looking at there was the fact that – Jameis was already avoiding the pack, uh, the pocket collapsing on the right side. He went to go left, and Donovan Smith let it get that far back to where he ended up giving up the sack. That's what I was looking at. I can understand he held him for 
as long as he did. He didn't get annihilated on that play, but he definitely didn't help us, and quarterback got sacked either way. Well, and uh, it looks like somebody pointed out to me, like on the first play that he showed, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, um, Red had posted two two separate uh, clips yeah. of on, uh, uh, Donovan on tw- Smith. On Twitter, go follow me there, at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And um, he posted two clips, and they were both of Donovan Smith sort of getting beat. Um, there was one, the first clip was he got beat pretty good and got put on the ground. And the second clip was he held on for a little bit. Um, he actually did a decent job. Um, but Jameis just, there was nobody open and eventually the guy got around and was able to uh, get the sack. Um, on the one where Smith fell though, somebody pointed out, I kind of looked closer. I think that was more of. Because if you look at uh, the pass rusher's hands, that yep. was more of just Smith, I think, slipping. Um, yeah, and I mean, because I, I I looked at his feet and I looked at the pass rusher's hands. The pass rusher barely touches him, and he sort of he doesn't fall back. He sort of just slides. Right. So like, I think that was more of, of just the the conditions. Um, yeah. I mean, there you know, was it's, a... still, it's still not good. I'm not saying it's good, <laughs> but. I mean, I, I think Donovan Smith is is better than a lot of people think he is. I mean, I don't think he's the best. I don't. I don't even think he's a top ten tackle in the league. But um, I don't think he's as bad. And I think the Bucks can do much, much worse. Well, you also look. There was a clip uh, against Pittsburgh where Devin Bush, <laughs> who was like two hundred and thirty something pounds, and Donovan Smith, who is like three hundred and thirty something pounds, um, Devin Bush just knocked him flat on his ass. Devin and Bush runs for everybody, though. Devin Bush had a monster game, dude. He had, like, ten tackles that first half. He played yeah. for a long time, but he definitely made up for it in numbers. But looking at that clip, even, I remember being pissed off about it at first because I remember watching it in the game, and I was like, wow, that's terrible. Um, but you look back at the clip, and you really slow it down, and I think Ali Marpet took <clears throat> a step right on Donovan Smith's foot as soon as he oh. took that impact from Devin Bush. <laughs> And I think that's what kind of caused him to fall the way that he did. But either way, not stuff you want to see. Um, but aside from all of that, Donovan Smith has those not-so-highlights. But overall, this offensive line first team hasn't looked too bad. They look a little improved. It looks like some of the coaching has paid off, for sure. I think Alex Kappa has looked the best. He's had a um, quiet was, preseason. Not, 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 like, the best, not the best Bucks offensive lineman, but... As far as people who have improved, I think Alex Kappa is definitely better than he was last year. Well, he's almost um, a lock for that starting spot week one. Pretty much, yeah. That's good. That, you love to see that. You really do. Uh, Earl Watford playing against Pittsburgh. He had two holding penalties, so that's not really going to help him out there. And he's uh, injured right now and not practicing today. Oh, yikes. I actually didn't know that. Thanks for the update there. <laughs> But, yeah, the first-team offense has come out. Jameis has looked damn good. Um, Well, let me – I'm going to say one thing here, and and it's a negative. Go ahead. It is a negative. But on that last – on a third down versus Miami when they had the ball, and it was – when they had the ball, it was like near midfield, right at the end of the first drive, at the first drive. How do you allow that free rusher on a three-man rush? That was that because uh, I remember that, that, even I don't know what Demar Dotson was was doing there. I, I I don't know what that was. Yeah, I remember even I think it was Rondé Barber and uh, oh, it, Chris Myers. They were on the play by play, and they go they're coming with a three man rush, and they still get there. 
That was, that was, I don't know. That one was, I, he was unblocked. I mean, I don't know. It, it was just really weird. That that's that's what stood out. That was the biggest thing for me. The pass protection um, versus Miami was not good. It, it yeah. just it just wasn't. Uh, Winston Winston had to fight off a blocker. Uh, was able to and escaped. And then but then there was another time he got sacked. And he got sacked again, obviously yeah. to force him to punt. So yeah. um, and really all night the offensive line was was not that great. That's that's a big concern to me is the offensive line depth. Um, yeah. Let's that, get that. into let's get into Pittsburgh a little bit. I want to ask you a question for a minute about okay. Pittsburgh. Okay. All right. So, you know, the defense or whatever. I thought the defense played fine, um, but I, I don't know if they have enough defensive line depth. So I I'm not sure what they're gonna do there. Right. But it, it's just, it was just weird to me. I thought that – now, I didn't – there were some points of the game that I'll admit I did not see, okay? I did not see some points of that Fake game. Fake fan. Fake fan. Uh, Your yeah, opinion absolutely. is now invalid. Absolutely. Yep. You know, I'm going to – I'm going to – Yeah, might as well I, check I, out. I quit the show. I, yeah, I'm done. Might as well not even do the rest <laughs> of it now. Did <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the Canon Fake Fan Podcast. Um, so – you did, obviously, because you were there. So you saw the whole thing. So was the defense just bad in the second half, or was the Steelers' offense just better? Like The Steelers? Wow, that voice crack. The Steelers. <laughs> the Steelers have incredible depth at the quarterback position. Josh Dobbs balled out. He even broke for like a 35-yard yeah. run, which was unacceptable. And Mason yeah. Rudolph balled out. And he balled out last night in their game. So they have really, really good depth at the quarterback position. And I'll say that can help the offense they have around them because they were connecting with everybody. And I mean everybody. I forgot the guy's first well, name, but the, the receiver Washington. Yeah, I was just about to say, it kind of helps when you keep James Washington against third stringers. Eh? Right, yeah. Did James Washington is Pittsburgh's second or third wide receiver, and they kept him in almost the whole game. It, pretty much. Um, so I will attribute it to, uh, again, James Washington being out there. Not that he single-handedly did that. But they've got really, really good backup quarterbacks, better than anyone on the Bucks roster, I'll say. Maybe not Josh Dobbs. Maybe Josh Dobbs, I'll put Ryan Griffin, uh, Blaine Gabbert. Uh. But... They've got okay depth at the quarterback position. I think that helped them out. And the defense wasn't bad, but one of the big things we did see, especially in Pittsburgh, was you said the lack of defensive line depth is kind of concerning, but the secondary depth guys, uh, they all got exposed. Like, it was sometimes watching a Mike Smith offense. Not in the fact that they were all in the wrong place doing the wrong thing. M M a Mike Smith offense? What is that? A defense. Like? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mike it Smith was, offense. I don't even... It was, that's, probably, that's probably run, run, pass. Oh, man. But it, it was like, at times, you would have, you know, let's say you'd have James Washington on a drag route. He'd go over the middle, catch it on a drag route, and run 10 yards because nobody's there. You know what I mean? So I think it was just some mis uh, some miscommunication and a lot of those younger guys getting exposed, plus the combination of that Steelers offense. They've got good depth. Um, yeah. Well, I'll say also, a little I bit want to say I want to say one more thing here. This is this is really a statement. 
And everybody's like, oh, well, you see Devin Bush and Devin White did Stop nothing. It. So, like, what, what, what is that? You know, when when you play, when Devin White plays uh, a, a drive and, and maybe, maybe two drives, I think, um, and Devin Bush plays the entire first half, yeah, he, he's going to have better numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he just is. <laughs> Um, what I, I would allow, I was more disappointed with White's performance this week than I was last week because White got a little bit more time this week than he did last week. But yeah, it will be fine. But I just don't see it mean, already starting. Like it, it never fails. Just oh, yeah, dude. Oh, oh, oh you he, go, it, Devin yeah. Bush had ten tackles and a sack, and and Devin White did zero tackles. Okay, relax. Oh man, Devin White having a bad preseason. He's not having a bad preseason. He's just having a quiet preseason. I don't have I, any. I don't, I don't know why that's not good. I, like, I don't have any doubts Kyler that he's going to be starting. Got freaking obliterated the other night. Nobody's talking about it. <laughs> Dude, all the Twitter jokes about Kyler Murray these past few weeks are hilarious. Um, God, that's so great. So let's kind of switch gears here. We talked a little bit about uh, the offense. We talked about the defense in Pittsburgh. But let's talk about some of the guys who have stood out on defense Taking a look at the Miami game in particular, Shaq Barrett had a good game. I thought he had a really good game. Yeah. Shaq Barrett had a great game. Kevin Minter had that one highlight. He broke through the line unblocked and just walloped, walloped the running back in the backfield. That was That's awesome. A, you want to see a perfectly timed blitz, watch that. Yeah, that was beautiful. Um, God, who else has looked good? I'm kind of drawing a blank here. We've got people. I promise we do have people that look good. I just don't know <laughs> I, I why. Thought... I thought Jack Sitchie looked good. For, Jack Sitchie looked good. For being, I mean, that's his first game since he tore his ACL last week. Uh, last week, yeah. Yeah, really? Wow. Last, ye- last year in week seven. Um, That's his first game ever. Yeah. So since since then, um, he just started practicing and didn't play in Pittsburgh. So I, I thought for that, he played fine. Yeah. Uh, Jamel Dean, I thought played fine. Jamel uh, he, Dean got his redemption interception, and that was he, that was. You noticed, but he, he almost dropped it. He did. He did. Yeah. He, he, he made it. damn sure he didn't. I, I'm I'm not sure. I think it was because of the slick ball, honestly. Um, but I I just they just don't they don't have guys that can take the ball away. That's concerning as well. They, if you Carlton Davis. Zero interceptions last year. I think in Auburn, his whole career, he had like two. You don't think Vernon, uh, well, I mean, maybe not in a capacity where he can get more than five a year. What is he, he hasn't, he's only gotten one in the regular season. Like, he, this dude has, okay, if you want to count the Pittsburgh one, I believe he has, yeah, I believe he has four or five preseason interceptions, but he has one regular season interception. Well, he He did. His rookie year, he had two against the Jaguars. And then he had uh, his next year, he had one against the Bengals. And then, like, come on. like No, I understand. But we've also put an emphasis, especially in talking about VH3, he is under a lot of pressure to step up. Like, he has to play I well. And I, I think, or else he won't be here. Exactly. And I think he has the ability to play well, and I think we're going to see that. I predicted a few weeks ago that he's going to have two interceptions this preseason. I know the first one didn't count, but if he gets one more, I'll kind of be right. But I think he you, can. You can, take half, you can take half credit. I, I, I think he has the ability to. I think he kind of understands how things work. I think this defense but, is working yeah, pretty well for some I of the younger guys. 
why hasn't it translated to the regular season? That's that's the issue. Like he's barely played. What do you mean? It Vern Hargraves in the regular season. Well, has no. barely played. No. no, 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 no. Never mind. I'm thinking yeah, okay. the injury. Uh, no, I was about to say like last season. Sure, last season it was a tough break. Week one got injured. He was actually playing pretty good. Um, but the year before that, and the year before that, it did, he had one interception. That was his rookie season. So let's say uh, let's say he didn't get injured last year and he plays yeah. the rest of the rest of the yeah. season. How do you think he does? How do you think he I, finishes? I probably probably. I mean, it's not saying much. He's probably their best corner. Um. I think him and Carlton Davis are probably their best corners last year. Um, I think, yeah, he probably has. I think he has maybe one or two interceptions. I just don't. I don't know. I think this. They just haven't drafted guys that are just pure ball hawks. Like, yeah. I mean, really. Mike Edwards is kind of a ball hawk. Um, well, the one guy that was. Really being, isn't. The one guy that was being praised as a ball hawk is not look super good, and that's Sean Murphy Bunting. He's yeah, had a rough I mean, preseason. I don't know. I, I think it's you're finally starting to see. I mean, he went to what Central Michigan. Yeah, I mean, he he's gonna take time. You know, he's gonna take time. They want him to be like their long term like nickel corner because they're still hoping that Vernon Hargraves can play on the outside. So their hope, like next year, is that they don't have to target a cornerback at all, and they can have Hargraves and Davis on the outside with Sean Murphy bunting on the inside. Um, that's their hope. That their hope is that all three of those guys do well enough. And honestly, I mean, I still, I still think Murphy Bunting's gonna be fine. Uh, I mean, Rondé Barber had a horrible rookie season. Uh, they were getting ready to cut him in the, yeah, pre, in, the we, uh, in the next preseason. We had actually talked. Funny thing is, um, I was answering phones yesterday for a weekend show on the Bone, and Rondé Barber called in. So we got to talk to Rondé Barber, and one of the things that he told us was um, after uh, after the Bucks drafted Brian Kelly, 1998, he was legitimately scared for his job. Like, he was looking over his shoulder that yeah. whole year. He was not He was not good in his rookie season. Yeah. Awful. And, I mean, I don't, this is still preseason, guys. And I know, like, every single thing, every positive or negative, you can all say, well, it's just preseason. That's true. Except for one thing, except for one category, which... I will I will get into here. And I, think, I think I think you know I'm, where I'm going. Oh yeah. Um, so so gotta... hang, hang on hang on one second. One second. <laughs> let me finish. This, let me finish this thought. I got it right here. Um, Murphy Bunting. I just think he's a guy that's just going to take time, and the game experience is only going to make him better. Now, do I think he's going to be the starting nickel week one? Probably not. I I don't know what they're going to do. But I, I don't think they're going to roll him out week one uh, as a starter. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. They, they need more ball hawks in the secondary. Maybe Vern Hargraves could turn into that. Uh, Carlton Davis, I don't – he's this is not a ball hawk. Um, Mike Edwards maybe can turn into that. Uh, Jordan Whitehead's more of like a, more of like a bruiser. Um, and Justin Evans is more like a bruiser, but Justin Evans is, isn't even on the field. So, um, I, I just don't really see – how they're going to get interceptions. I just don't. And yeah. Jamal Dean is not really ball hawk, and I think that's sort of known because should have had two interceptions in this game, and one of them I think would have been a pick six. So Yeah, that's true. He, he he dropped that first one, and that was pretty disappointing. B.A. even called him out before halftime. He, he dropped a blatant pick six. Got to be better than that, but that's what preseason's all about. So 
Let's transition. I think I'm just, just going to kick back and enjoy this one or something. <laughs> so let's transition now. We came out, talked preseason, talked the first game, talked Miami. Uh, we talked about the first team offense. We talked about the defense, what was good, what was bad. We never talked about what's been good on any other Bucks offense. So let's do that before we forget to because there's a lot of names that are on my mind and a lot of guys that I'm excited about possibly making this team. First one. He's a running back that I've liked for a few years now. And, uh, running he probably, back three. He probably played the best game of his career against Miami, and that's uh, Dare Ogimbwale. Um He probably played his best game ever. Like, it it was a showing. Um, he was given room, and even on, like you said, the screen pass that was called back, I mean, he's just showing that he is that running back number three because Bruce Anderson and... Andre Ellington. Andre Ellington, I believe, had a nice little catch and uh, run after it. But none of those guys are really stepping up to the plate the way that 44 has. And I think he's our running back fee so far. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think um, everybody just everybody's talked about Bruce Anderson, man, and he hasn't been good. It's just it's just simple. Um, he hasn't been good enough. I mean, I, I don't know really what else to say. Everybody's like, how many snaps is Bruce? And people are asking me that on uh, Friday before the game. They said, how much is Bruce Anderson going to play? I said, I don't know, maybe like a quarter and a fourth quarter or something. They're like, oh, that's a bummer. I was like, yeah, sure. He would play more if he actually did something. I- it, it, right, and that's that's what it all comes down to because headed into the preseason, we talked about it. All of these guys are given opportunities, and all of them have. We saw them pretty much break it up fairly evenly against Pittsburgh. Um, all of those guys had plenty of touches and plenty of chances to do things with the ball, and the only one who did was Dare. And yeah, I mean, again, what? I, I just see this all comes from when the Bucks signed him as an undrafted free agent. Everybody was saying he was like David Johnson, and everybody thought that they had a diamond in the rough. You can. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he's awful. It's just right now he hasn't shown you anything, right? I mean, he just, it just hasn't. Um, and you know, you're talking about Bruce Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. And, um, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just I don't know. It, to me, it's sort of unfair to the kid because this this kid. I think out of all the undrafted free agents, this kid had like the highest expectations. Like people were penciling him in to make the team, and I'm like, yeah. like slow down. Like with the undrafted free agent, you can't pencil them in to make the team right away. Like you have to look, you have to see them play. So uh, Bruce Anderson hasn't been that great. Andre Ellington's been fine. Uh, I do think they're going to carry four running backs. Um, I remember I said that I think Bruce Anderson's going to go on a practice squad. I don't know. Um, maybe they, they see some potential in them, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just cut them out, right? Um, and, yeah, Dario Guavale is, I mean, obviously Peyton Barber Ronald Jones haven't gotten as many snaps, but I'm going to still say it. Ogunbali's been their best running back. Um, yeah, and actually, productive for sure. It seems like today that he is now getting a reward for that, as he was running with the first team today in practice. So nice! Um, it's the first time uh, all training camp. The it is actually the last day of training camp was today. Um, now it's just like a normal, like they go through like a normal game week now. Yeah. Um, 
to try and get ready for that. So get ready for Cleveland on Friday. Um, but yeah, Ogunbowale was running with the ones, and yeah, so he's been productive, and he's going to be the third running back. He, he just is. And Ellington, I think they're going to carry four, so it's going to be Barber, Jones, Ogunbowale, Ellington, and that's that's it. Like, there's not going to be anybody else. Okay, all right. So the running back position that's starting to shape up. Let's talk about another position on the offense. This is a guy who has been clutch. Twitter cannot shut up about it. I'm talking about number 88, Tanner Hudson, Buccaneers tight end. Had two pretty great games this preseason so far. Um, two crucial catches on the last drive of the Miami game that set Matt Gay up to hit that 48-yarder for the win. Tanner Hudson, what do you like about him? Uh, I mean, his pass-catching ability is second to none. Um, he really it, he makes me feel comfortable about the depth at tight end. Because you feel pretty okay about the wide receiver depth. Tanner Hudson, I mean, most importantly, when you're a, when you're a tight end, you have to block. Um, and, yeah, uh, and he can't do it. it. Right. Like, we haven't seen him block very well. But his pass-catching ability is something that can be valuable. Because yeah. let's say you run out there and he's the free tight end and Cameron Braid or O.J. Howard are blocking because it's third down and you're trying to run mismatches. He can come up clutch in a situation like that. So that's most important. Uh, but overall, like what he's done as a receiving tight end has really helped the Bucks out quite a bit these first two games. I like him. Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan. I just, I, I have, I don't know. You're not but a buy to the I, hype guy. No, you're not. Like some some guys, I, I no expense. Yeah, because every, all day, every day. Yeah. Um. No, give me no expense. Yeah. <laughs> Seven, one, one, yeah, seven days a week, and you know, <laughs> a- anytime, any day, um, any day. Uh, but Tanner Hudson, I mean, he, he is, he does catch the ball extremely well. Like, like he has like some of the best hands on the team, arguably. Um, I mean, he's already made two one-handed catches, one for yeah. a touchdown, and yeah. one was that, you know, that really clutch, um, throw, uh, catch from Griffin uh, to set up the the game-winning field goal. But I just don't know, man. I just don't know because, he, like you said, he can't block. Like, and you know, and the guys at Pewter Report pointed this out. They said that basically what they see. They said Bright can't really block either. Like, Bright is not a good blocker. Right. OJ okay? yeah. OJ Howard's a decent blocker. And OJ had Bright, to improve because yeah. that's what that's what made him. I think like for a lot of people, one of the well, not a lot of people, but. On some places, that's what made him the worst-ranked rookie out of that draft, or out yeah. of the first round, was just because he couldn't block, and that's really yeah. important as a tight Well, end. yeah, I mean, but, and yeah, as a wide receiver, blocking, I, you know. But as a tight end, you're going to be used in a pass-catching role and also in a blocking role, so you need to block. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, the the, it's just... And they said that when they look at Tanner Hudson, they do think that he's he's good at pass catching. He can catch the ball good. But they said that when you know Cameron Bray's not a good blocker, but they said they think Cameron Bray gives a little bit more effort blocking than than Tanner Hudson does. And that's not to say that Tanner Hudson is lazy. It's just Bray tries to like you know just give like a little bit of like a jolt there. You know, yeah. Tanner Hudson just kind of stands there and puts his hands like that and tries to doesn't just let you go, but 
You just don't see the amount kinda of like effort. a kind of like a running back picking up, you know, a blitz. He just fills the gap and kind of puts just a body try, there. Just tries his best, and yeah. And, yeah. and for a running back, you can probably get away with that. But for a tight end, you got to be able to block better. So, yeah, it's a big two weeks for him. He's got to be able to show that he can do it. Um, I do think that he'll end up making the team. Uh I think they might keep four tight ends, and the fourth tight end might be Anthony Eau because he can block. You can't have, like, the computer report guys also said that. O.J. Howard is, I mean, he can block, but he's basically known as a pass-catching tight end. Yeah. Cameron Bright is a pass-catching tight end. Tanner Hudson would be a pass-catching tight end. You can't have four pass-catching tight ends on your roster. You have right. to have somebody right. that can block. You have to have somebody that on the goal line you can put in as an extra blocker and that can actually block. You have to. Um, because they don't carry a fullback. So you you have to have that guy that can block. And right now, Tanner Hudson's not that guy. Yeah. I understand that a lot of fans are really excited about him, and some are even getting a little nuts about it because they're saying, oh, you can get rid of right now. No. No, no. Th- dude, there's so many people I cannot stand it. Like, oh, well, now I we can trade Cameron Brait for a package deal for uh, Ezekiel Elliott. And- yeah, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, you know, you got to remember – this guy's going up against second and third stringers, mostly third stringers. When the time he gets in, yeah. it's third stringers. I would love to see him against second string or first string, but you haven't gotten that opportunity yet. And you know, but I mean, hey, I do think he makes a team, but he's not going to play a whole lot if unless he improves his blocking. I'm just going to say it right now. Yeah, blocking is really, really important. But like I said earlier, if he does make the team. Maybe they can use him in a mismatch situation where you've got one guy focused on blocking and, and this and that. Maybe he can, you know, get that third down catch. Who knows? But right now, we just got to see if he can even make the team. So, before we transition into talking about the Browns game coming up, we've got one more thing to cover from these first two games. Probably the most exciting thing from these first two games. I think you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, all the rain? The, like the lightning and stuff, I, I think that's exciting. Well, it was like, beautiful weather in Pittsburgh. It was, it, believe yeah, it or not, Pittsburgh's I mean, you of all people should know, but believe it or not, the night of the Pittsburgh game, I was actually like, man, I should have brought a sweater because it was not chilly, but it felt like inside my house and it was beautiful. <laughs> because I don't yeah. know, I know you haven't been to Florida recently, but it just feels like an exhale down here like it feels like you walk out your door and there's some hundred foot man in front of your house just going right on top of you yeah Yeah. well it's it's humid as ever today here so um thank god the game wasn't today it wouldn't have been wouldn't have been as enjoyable but um (laughs) yeah i mean my my weather here was fantastic during during that so i'm I'm sure i'm sure if you guys don't know i live closer to philly so yeah uh i i live about 45 minutes outside of philly so Pittsburgh is about probably four hours away from me. Um, so you guys don't really get along. No, no, no. The the, the Penguins suck. Okay. I I heard this story about um, Tim McGraw playing a show at Pittsburgh, and Tim McGraw, his dad was a um, was a flyer. Am I right? Um. I'm not 100 percent sure. Maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking wrong here. Um, but Tim McGraw, the country singer, I'm I'm not going to lose this. I promise. This is an important. Uh, this is a very very important. Tim McGraw, same Tim McGraw that is performing 
Yes, Tim McGraw, the same Tim McGraw that is playing a free pregame concert for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers home opener September 8th. You can get tickets at Buccaneers.com slash tickets. Clearly Uh, tickets aren't selling. Just letting you know that's what that is. Tug McGraw played for the Phillies. Yeah, I thought it was Phillies, yeah. He was a relief pitcher. Well, Tim McGraw was playing a show in Pittsburgh, and there was a kid in the front row with a Tug McGraw jersey on, and he brought him on stage in his Phillies jersey, and he got booed out of the building. And now he hates Pittsburgh. Everybody <laughs> so, hates Pittsburgh. So. So, uh, yeah. so, yeah, you guys don't really get along is, is yeah. what I'm hearing. But <laughs> let's talk about the good thing from these games, other than all the rain and the terrible weather. Um, you want me to go ahead and say it? I guess I mean, I'll say it. Kyle Brins is the Bucks kicker. Oh man, I haven't heard that name. <laughs> Remember the one time he hit like the fifty-five yarder in Houston? We're like, all right, here it is. <laughs> and then, like the rest of that game was just awful. Oh man, Bucks have a kicker now, and uh, so far he's proving to be my coldest take. In Bucks media history, because I hated the pick, I couldn't Patrick stand the pick. Murray. Patrick Murray. I'm a Patrick Murray guy. Yeah, I loved Pat Murray. All right, Mac oh, a. I know you're talking about. Oh, I, I, I was gonna say Nick Folk. All right, Mac A. The Buccaneers have a kicker, and his name is Mac A. In Pittsburgh, he kicks a 55 yarder that is good, the longest field goal in Heinz Field history and a lot of people might say it's only a 55 yarder yeah. why is that the longest one in history well, because of the rivers that are right there yeah well I but I don't it's a shame because I don't know if that's going to count it, it, it's in the pre-season. record books it, ah, that's a weird loophole but until someone yeah. kicks longer than a 55 yarder I will take it because it happened in Heinz Field during a football game exhibition or not Mac A is already breaking records and then Against Miami, he comes in clutch once again from 48 yards out to seal the deal against the Miami Dolphins. Bucks win that game 16-14. So uh, I feel good about this guy. It's his job to lose Do right you? now. Because I remember you just bashing him. I was. I Bash hated him. the pick at first. I Absolutely couldn't stand I, d- I saw the reason for a kicker, and this was the reason, obviously, but I still didn't like it. But... With that being said, it is Mac A's job to lose right now. Yep. Well, I oh, it definitely is. I he he's won it unless unless he comes out and and misses two kicks or whatever in in the next game. Yeah, he's he's won it. That's it, and I've that's seen some really... people campaigning for the Bucks to keep both Cairo Santos and Mac A. That's probably not going to happen. Just to uh, just to kind of let you down easy. Well, There's no reason. Well, for Bucks the... fans, it seems like they want insurance, like. Case oh, yeah. you've seen it go haywire. You have. Oh yeah. Like, you got to be Folk, prepared for anything, man. Like Volcano Nick insurance. Folk, Nick Folk looked fine in the preseason, and then he actually looked fine the first three weeks, but then came you know week five versus the Patriots and it imploded. So that's why I think Bucks fans sort of want to keep both because they don't want to be they don't want to be in the situation where let's say they keep Matt Gay and Matt Gay misses a few kicks in the second game but Cairo Santos has already been signed by somebody else and now you're stuck. That's what they they're then, afraid of. And then uh and then he gets signed to a team that we play later this season and he nails and, three he nails 350 plus yarders on us. Well, yeah, if Matt Gay doesn't turn out and Cairo Santos is gone like Pat Murray's gonna be the Bucks kicker again. 
They've got his number. You know they've got his oh, number. Oh, they on speed dial. <laughs> they've, they've, they've called it so many times. So right now, the kicking situation looks pretty good, and uh, I'm fairly confident in what Matt Gay can do. The rest of the Bucks community is as well. We just have to see if it can translate into the regular season and if he can well, consistently kick enough to win that job. One more thing. Why I think this is, this is the most important storyline is because – yeah, you can say, you know, oh, it's only preseason, but it's still, you're just kicking a ball. Like, that's not changing. That's, like, that's not changing at all. That's, from the regular season, preseason to the regular season, that's not changing. You're kicking a ball, and people are trying to block it. That's, in practice, they're not really trying to block it. So, I don't really put practice kicks as that much of an indicator. I put in-game kicks. And right now, well, for one, nobody's missed a field goal. Kyra Santos or Mack or Extra Point. Um, but Matt Gay, on Matt Gay's side, he has the 55-yarder, and Cairo Santos doesn't. So He made a 65-yarder at practice, and again, it's practice. a practice. No practice. one's really trying to stop you. But I just, but, and also, there's much less pressure. It's just... Um, and they were in the indoor facility. Yeah, just yeah, you're indoors. It's just much favorable conditions. Fine, and, let's not get excited about a record-breaking NFL kick. But it was at <laughs> practice. <laughs> I'm um, talking about practice. Hey, I would I would know better anyway on that about, quote. We're talking about <clears throat> practice. Yeah, but anyways, I mean, yeah, it's the same thing. It's you know, in game situation. That's the only thing I really look at. If you're kicking well in the preseason, you're likely going to kick well in a regular season. Now, I sort of want to see Matt Gamus a kick because I want to see how he responds. You, you want to see? Oh uh, yeah, see how he responds. But I, I, I kind of want to see the fan base want... implode. Oh man. Well, I would hope. <laughs> If he misses it, I would hope it's like a 50-yarder to where you're like, okay. Yeah, like, it's acceptable. Yeah, like, okay, you're not going to make every single one of those. But, yeah, if it's like an extra point or something, then, yeah, they'll be like, oh, oh well, I guess Santos is the guy oh, now. Oh, man. You know, if, if Santos is, misses one, oh, well, I guess you got to cut both of them. And I don't uh, know if you heard, but former Bucks kicker uh, Chandler Can't Kick and Zaro retired. Yeah, that's, he, he he retired. Um, meaning <laughs> they were gonna cut me, but I wanted to go out in a better way. So and Brett Favre. That's that's what that means. Hey, Josh McCallum. Yeah, yeah oh, I retired. I get away no, from no, the and Jets. I guarantee that if somebody comes calling and needs a kicker, he'll he'll do it. Uh, <laughs> he's not he's not retired. One thing I did want to ask before we get on to Cleveland really fast because this is this has been a decent time show right now. Yeah. Give me one player on offense and one player on defense from the Pittsburgh game that impressed you, and the same thing for the Miami game. Mason Rudolph from the Pittsburgh game, uh, and Devin Bush on defense from the Pittsburgh game. A lot of their Who, depth Steelers. Guy. I was yeah. talking about like, but okay. Oh, oh, I thought you meant. I thought you meant from. Oh, all right, I apologize. I apologize. Um, I mean, you can, hey, you can say two. I don't care. You can say two Steelers, sure. You know, part of me wants to say Ryan Griffin, but he. He's looked as good as he ever has. I mean, he's not like he's a he's a crunch time preseason. I think Griffin looks better looked better last regular season. Last preseason? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay, I was I had to digest that. Like I thought I confused, you were joking. I confused myself there. <laughs> um, I mean, he's yeah, he did look better last year. Uh. Well, Dare Ogunbowale uh, against Miami on offense and on defense, probably Shaq Barrett. Or the new signing, uh, number 27, since we're doubling up on defense now with numbers. Number 27, what's his last name? Stewart? Yeah. What's his first name? Darian. 
Darian Stewart. There we go. I don't know why, but I was you thought he was. Old. I was. You thinking, thought he was good. I thought he had his moments. I thought when he got really? run over. I thought when he got run his over. His moment was getting trucked by Fitzpatrick. I thought when he got run over by Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's been eating some extra cake this pre uh, this off season. I think that kind of overshadowed it, but there were a few plays, two or three plays, where he stuck his nose in on a blitz, and he, he got pretty close to making it. I don't know. All right, hey, that's fine. I would probably, mine on offense for Pittsburgh, probably be Tanner Hudson or Spencer Schnell. Um, yeah, Schnell had a good game. Didn't really see him too much against Miami. Defense. Jeez, I don't even know really on, on defense. Um, I thought... I thought Daniel Buchanan had a good game. Pittsburgh. Uh, I thought Jordan Whitehead. I thought Jordan Whitehead has played two th- really good games. Yeah, I th- I, that's another guy that we forgot to mention. But Jordan Whitehead has had a solid preseason as well. He's been yeah. everywhere. Um, yeah, I'm just not sure. I, I think uh, Miami. I would say Dare Dare on offense and on defense. I'm gonna say Kevin Minter because Kevin yeah. Minter was all over the place. He was oh, just yeah. all over the place. Just really good. All right, so. Moving on from the first two preseason games, we're going to segue into some quick Buccaneers news for you, and then we're going to talk about the Cleveland game, and then we're going to wrap up and get out of here. Um, so some Bucks news this week. Buccaneers outside linebacker Anthony Nelson has an MCL sprain in his right knee, per Greg Allman of The Athletic. Um, an injury like an MCL sprain can last up to six weeks. It really just depends. Uh, but he hasn't practiced since I think like the 4th or the 5th of August. So he really hasn't seen the field this preseason. But um, he should be penciled in to come back early regular season, which for a guy in his case isn't too great because we all know how the rookies need preseason and they need this time to get their feet wet. So that does worry me. But I guess the good news is, is he'll be back somewhat early. Yeah, I yeah. Well, yeah, just like you said, rookies in the preseason, they need reps. And yeah. guy like Anthony Nelson, especially defensive lineman, I feel like, um, and it's, especially because the Bucks are in such need of depth there, I feel like he could really help. But, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. It, yeah. I think one piece of your news I think is coming. Um, I think it's coming, and I'm going to go on a quick little rant about it. No, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to let you say it. I'm going to let you – if it's said, I, I will go on the rant. But no, that's, not, the, that's the end of my news. I was oh, going to talk okay. about how he well, was a fourth-round pick by the Bucks in the 2019 NFL draft, and that's really it. All right, well, I was going to get into the Jason Light thing. Um, oh, yeah. Jason Light, you know, the five-year extension, which is basically a four-year extension with an option for the fifth. Um, yeah, and what Evan is referring to, everyone really knows this, but just to kind of officially put it out there, earlier this week, Bucks GM Jason Light was signed to a five-year extension. Um, so it's got some people with mixed feelings, but uh, well, actually, break it down for you. Actually, it, it was signed in January. Um, oh, okay. It, it was, he was he was extended in January. So the team didn't announce it until now. You don't really hear much about that from a GM thing or a head coach right. thing, really, when they when they actually sign extensions. Um, this is not a big deal. This is not a big deal at all. Um, but whoever, you know, it's just not, it, it, everybody's saying, Oh, five, five more years of this. No, that, that doesn't mean that if they go four and 12, he's getting fired. Like if they go five and 11, he's getting fired. If they go six and 10, he might be fired. Like it, it's, it doesn't like I, I said, I put this out on Twitter. The Rams, 
get, announced that they gave Jeff Fisher a new contract. <laughs> and a, they fired year, him like a week a, later. A, a two-year two extension on December 4th and fired him on December 12th. This, this contract extension means nothing. Okay, it just it doesn't mean anything. And the Glazers have shown that they're not afraid to pay somebody that doesn't work for them anymore. They fired Greg Schiano before his contract was up. They fired Lovey Smith before his contract was up. They fired Dirk Cutter before his contract was up. They fired Mark Dominic before his contract was up. They're not afraid to do that. So if, if the team doesn't produce, he's going to be gone. I, I just I don't see you were going into this season with light as the GM anyway. I don't see why fans get all all the all, uh, get all upset about this. And Let's, if you go eight 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 or nine and seven, that means light staying, and you're probably happy with eight and eight nine and seven. Okay, no big deal. You brought up six and ten. I, I wanted to throw something out there. It's a one game difference, but let's talk seven and nine. Because seven they, and nine, they, I feel like is our worst case scenario. That's what I said. Worst in case scenario. Yeah, I think our worst case scenario is seven and nine. Well, I think the worst case scenario is probably six and ten. But okay. Um. Yeah, he probably stays. It, it really seven and nine all depends on how Winston does. Uh, or six and ten. Six and ten really depends on how Winston does. Yeah. If if the you know if seven and nine, but and Winston's good, but nothing else around some, him there, is. Maybe there, yeah. Maybe maybe there's some injuries there. Maybe you know, the defense isn't that great. Um, I think so. I think he'll stay. But I think I'm gonna say there's probably about an eighty percent chance he'll be back next year. Yeah. I I don't know. It almost seems like some fans just want light gone so bad that they want the Bucks to do bad this year, so they'll fire light. I don't really understand that. Yeah, um, because he is. They don't. They don't want light as a GM, but they want them to win. So if you want light as a GM, you're they're gonna win. They're gonna have to win. Pretty much. Like I, I if if like they don't want light, but they want to win. Pretty much. Like, I mean, so, we've so, talked so you, about jaded opinions you're gonna before. Hate, you're going to hate losing just to get rid of the light. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. But like you said. What I said basically doesn't even make any sense. That's how ridiculous it is. <laughs> but like you said, to reassure some of those people who really don't like Jason Light, if he lets us down this year, he probably won't be here. So don't worry about the contract. But... That'll wrap up Buccaneer news this week for us. Not a lot of big stories. Scotty Miller still injured. Vita Vey is still injured. And Justin Evans is still injured. Levante David. Levante David, David as well. is still injured. Let's talk about the Cleveland game coming up. Bucks are playing Cleveland in Tampa. And I'll just say it right now. I think this Cleveland team is going to be the biggest test all preseason for our first team offense and defense. I would agree. I think, you know, this is a unit that we, other than Odell Beckham. Who's, I don't think, going to play, but. It, yeah, he probably won't play too much. But. Is he, he's, right now, he is like an ankle injury or something. I think they're holding him out. So. Uh, okay. <clears throat> but either way, the, it's probably, you know, we played them last year, and yes, we did win with an overtime field goal, but. It's just, it's probably the most talented team we've seen up until this point. Like, the Steelers are oh, a good definitely. team, but the Steelers don't have talent like the Browns do. And the Dolphins, the, the suck, Dolphins so. are a, not that great of a team. You know, when the highlight of the night for Miami was Fitzpatrick running somebody over, it's, it, we've seen it before, Tampa. So, 
yeah, I mean, Cleveland, Cleveland's going to be a test. Um, how do you think they respond to it? I mean, it all. I don't know how much the starters are going to play. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, hard to predict preseason games. <laughs> well, I, you know, under Cutter, it was typically first preseason game, starters got about a drive, maybe two. Um, second preseason game, starters got maybe two drives, maybe a quarter. Third preseason game, they hit. A, they played the whole first half. I think the Bucks are probably gonna. The starters are probably gonna play about a quarter, um, maybe maybe a, a, a quarter and like a drive in the second, and then that'll be it. Um, I, I do think, assuming that the conditions are good. If if the conditions are bad, you might see them only two drives or so, maybe. Like you're yeah. not gonna see them a whole lot if the conditions are bad. Um, and I think that's for both teams. Yeah, that's just uh, that's just preventative maintenance. You don't want to see yeah, guys slopping around getting hurt. Is, God for God forbid something happens and you know Mike Evans slips and injures his knee and now he's you know in question for week one. It doesn't have to be a major injury, but just in question for week one isn't good. So and it could have been avoidable if you'd just taken him out, right? He doesn't need to be in, in there in the, in the first half. Um, so. I, I I do think that you'll probably see him for about a quarter, uh, at at the least. Um, yeah, I mean you're right. It is probably the biggest test. Uh, I'm not like I'm not sure how much how long Cleveland plans to to play their starters, but um, it definitely is a test, and it'll be interesting to see how they match up. Uh, Cleveland has definitely improved. They have a lot of good players all around the board. Uh, their depth is still a little iffy, I think, but um, they're still a decent enough team to where, like, I mean, they they still have good players. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, their running back depth is very good, uh, even though Duke Johnson is injured right now. Um, they still have Nick Chubb, uh, Kareem Hunt. I don't think Kareem Hunt's playing. I think he's injured as well. Uh, but they have a few other guys there. Um. Defensive line's pretty good. Secondaries, you know, they got Greedy Williams, Denzel Ward, uh, Demarius Randall, um, and they got a few other pieces there that are, are pretty good. Derek Kindred, I think, is still on the team, um, so he's pretty good. Obviously, Miles Garrett. It'll be interesting to see uh, how they defend Miles Garrett. Yeah, uh, and also, you know, they have a lot of interior defensive line guys. Uh, yeah. Cedric Buki or something like that. Um, Sean Richardson. Uh, there's there's a lot of talent up front and. Uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see how they handle it, but like it all depends. You you might not get a good pulse for for the way this team is or how this team's actually looking if they only play two drives. So yeah. um, to yeah. me, how they had the the biggest test and how they measure up to the test is determined on how long they play. Yeah, and right now looking at this Bucks team, they are one and one. It is preseason, and that's the most every important. year. I predict, I predict two and two. You're that, just you're gonna win two, you're gonna lose two. That's the most important thing to remember, though, is that it is preseason. So let's say the Bucks lose against Cleveland, and then they lose to I, Dallas, and they're one and three on the I, preseason. You cannot, cannot overreact or overlook that. Because if you would have told me after watching two games of the Bucks preseason last year that they were going to put up 48 points in New Orleans against the Saints yeah, week one, nah. I would have been like, you're nuts. <laughs> no, yeah, so, they were moving the ball good, but they yeah. weren't moving the ball that good. Always remember that this time of the year, all the football on the field is not pointless, uh, but it's not going to answer all of your questions. Because well, all you have it, to look to is the, the 
2008 Lions and the 2017 Browns, or yeah. 2016 Browns. Both went 4-0 in the preseason. Both went 0-16 in the regular season. Well, good thing the Bucks have already lost their one game, so we don't have to do the same damn thing. Yeah, true. <laughs> but Bucks play the Cleveland Browns. It is Friday, right? It's a Friday game Yes, again? yep. It's Friday at 7.30, I think. Yep. All right. Bucks play the Cleveland Browns Friday in Tampa, Raymond James Stadium, 7.30 p.m. If you're going out to the game, make sure you're safe and uh, bring a rain jacket because it'll probably be raining. We don't know the forecast that far ahead just yet, but I'm going to gander you. It'll probably be raining. With all of that being said, we've got a few more announcements for you, and then we're going to get out of here. But first and foremost, um, I'm sure you guys have seen the social media post. I'm sure you've seen it posted everywhere. But the Cannon Fire podcast is now a part of a brand new segment on 102.5 The Bone. If you're in the Tampa Bay area, it is Tampa Bay's only FM all-talk station. Uh, It's not really known for its sports talk. You have a sports station, and then you have 102.5 The Bone, home of the Mike Calta Show, home of Drew Garabo Live, the Johnny B Show at night, Soul Brother Kevin Show, it's a lineup of really, really talented personalities and local guys who just can put a spin on things. And I'm kind of rambling here, but I want to let everyone know that every Monday night at 10 p.m., you can tune into the Johnny B Show, and I will be in studio talking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So basically any game that's played that Sunday or the previous weekend, because it's our Friday and it's preseason football, I'll be in there on Monday talking the Bucks and taking your phone calls. So if you're ever listening, the number is 800-771-1025. But that's something that's going to be going on. We're very, very excited about it and something to look forward to this season. Every segment from those shows uh, is going to be uploaded as well to our podcast outlets. It's not going to be on YouTube and Bucks Report because we don't have a video portion for it. But it'll be up on iTunes, Podbean, basically anywhere you listen to us. Uh, they will be up there weekly. So we're very excited about that. And um, one more announcement. I had an announcement. I know what it is. <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, man, you're really pausing here. Yeah, really. I got to I gotta recollect myself here because there's so much going on in my head right now. Um, <laughs> Best of the Bay. We have been nominated for Best Local Podcast. So there is a link on all of our social media. You can go to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and you will find a clickable link. And what that allows you to do is cast your vote for Cannon Fire Podcast to win Best Local Podcast in Tampa Bay. All you need is an email to sign up. So find that link, click it, and support the show by voting us. You can vote once every 24 hours, and you can vote as many times as you want. So uh, you can vote to your heart's content. But thank you, everyone, for getting us nominated, and thank you so much for all the support. It really has been awesome. So that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, if you were listening on any of our outlets, or if you were watching with video on YouTube and, of course, BucksReport.com. Shout out to our guys at BucksReport.com. They do us the favor of hosting our show over on their website. So if you miss anything over here, you can go watch it over there. There's a whole archive of, I believe, the last 10 episodes. Um, It really is a good thing going on over there at Bucks Report. They are also a great source for Tampa Bay Buccaneers news and some editorials. So make sure you go check them out, BucksReport.com and the Bucks Report Podcast Network. You can follow the show on social media. We are on Instagram at Cannon Fire Podcast. Twitter is Cannon Fire Pod. And we are on Facebook, of course, at Cannon Fire Podcast. You can follow myself and co-host Evan on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Redicus. You can find him at Bucks Wave. Uh, both of those names are going to be above our little symbols on 
the video portion. Did I miss anything, Evan? I think you're good. I think we, uh, good. I think I we think cover I, everything. Yeah, I think I like covered I said, all just, of my bases. Uh, if you're going to the game, like you said, be safe. Uh, have fun. Um, and remember yeah, that just, it's preseason. Yeah. That's, <laughs> and that the, the final score actually does not matter. So Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully the Bucks play a good game against the Browns. We will talk to you next Sunday or Wednesday because that's actually another announcement that I had. The Cannon Fire podcast is moving to <laughs> Wednesdays. Um, you can listen every Wednesday. A show will be available uh, because of the Johnny B segment will be released on Mondays. So we're moving to Wednesdays. Yeah, um, if this is your first regular season with us last year, and I think the year before that, we normally recorded it on Mondays. So yeah. that's that's what the change is. So yep. now it'll be on Wednesdays, and we'll you know we're gonna you know review the game. Half of it will be reviewing that game, and the other half will be uh, previewing the next game. So absolutely. So. With all of that being said, thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you guys the next time we see you. Have a good one. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.